Okay. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, it all came out all right? Yeah, it seems to. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's, sweet, uh, sweet, sweet. Doing, it's doing its thing, so it's okay. Just uh, probably haven't, because I haven't used my computer all week, it's probably a bit uh, on the slow side. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep, yep. <laughs> it's still uh, sleep hibernating. <laughs> yeah, I might need to uh, to use the computer more. Needs a coffee. Yeah, yeah it's not the only thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you've had a big day. I'm sorry to do this thing. No, it's right. all good. Don't be silly. It's all good. How'd you uh, get on on football? Uh, we had, uh, well, the other side pulled out, so we just had a training session. Oh, okay. Good. All it's right. Good to have a training run. The season starts next Friday. So, yep. See how we go. All righty. Fantastic. Yeah. So, shall we um, kick on? Yeah. Yeah, we shall. Laurie was Let's fantastic. Go. Yeah, it was. Great get, Nathan. Thank we'll you. About the getting Laurie, even though I feel unclean with all this Manchester United <laughs> talk. Oh, you got your yes. Newcastle chat in there as well. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you know, <laughs> I didn't mean to sneak it in, but it just uh, came about. Uh, that was the plan all along. Don't lie. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm surprised we actually let this go to, through to the keeper, so to speak, to use a cricket analogy. That we yeah. actually Manchester United journalist on. Anyway, mm, yes. yes, but never mind. Uh, but yes, maybe we can uh, return the favour and get. Uh... Uh, look, there are plenty of people we can get for Real Madrid, Newcastle United, mm-hmm. but anyone else. I mean, look, it, look, it's a huge story. All jokes aside, it's. Um, you know, the this, this sheer scale of this potential sale um, and the ramifications that it will have on football business is uh, merits its, uh, you know, merits this discussion. And look, the fact is that there's a whole BBC podcast on this potential sale, like a whole BBC series. Oh, wow, a whole, whole show. Series. Yes, there is a <laughs> weekly series on BBC podcasts around this issue. So, I mean, you know, there's no denying they're, they're a massive club and um, this is going to have a huge impact on the football landscape in the UK. It certainly is. And that's why I asked the first question about mm. the size of the story, because if it is a Qatari takeover at Manchester United, that completely changes everything in terms of everything in the Premier League, like a top four race, a title race. And when you've got the Saudi ownership for Newcastle, the Emirati ownership for Manchester City, mm-hmm. potential Qatari ownership for Manchester United, it, it really does alter the landscape completely. Well, it's, look, it's it's inevitable that it, the football world is going to go that way. You're going to have people, you know, and you said the Emirati. I'll even I'll just highlight that it's Abu Dhabi, right? Because you will have a potential player at some point from Dubai, right? So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's uh, it's just the nature of the of the beast at the moment. Um, it, it certainly is, and I was going to bring it up, but. Uh... Uh, it escaped my mind at the time. And yeah. I was going to say, talking about value for money with Manchester United and five or six billion pounds, it's such a big sum of money. And I personally don't really think it's value for money. If I was someone looking to invest money into a football club, I think yeah. Everton's a much better deal. But hang on, is Chelsea at two and a half billion value for money? No, it's not. No. So, you know, I mean, yes, it's all relative, right? And obviously mm. the, the Manchester United brand is a huge pulling power compared to that of Chelsea. Let's not kid ourselves, right? However, what is the you know the projected return on investment on such an investment? It, it, it's mind-boggling. It is absolutely yeah. mind-boggling, right? When you look at, and look, there are similarities between the Newcastle United fan base and the Manchester United fan base where they wanted to get, you know, I can relate to that because mm. Newcastle United supporters wanted to get rid of Ashley for how long? Yeah. United, as soon as he walked Manchester, in the door. Yeah, Manchester, <laughs> well, maybe a year later. Once they got relegated, but Manchester United, it wasn't a year later, but figuratively speaking, right? Whilst the Manchester United supporters have had an issue with the Glazers from day one, mm. right, and it's been going for eighteen years, 
it's uh, it's absolutely mind-boggling. It really is, and I do kind of worry about the future of the game when it is going down this route, and when you combine it with the multi-club models that have been a topic of discussion. I don't recently. mind that so much, though, Nathan. I really oh, I hate it. I despise I, it. Look, the fact is, right? I don't know. Yes, it's a bit of a factory for footballers. I get it. I understand where you're coming from with regard to that. It's not even that point. That's and not my point. That's not why integ- I hate it so much. The integrity of the competition. No, not even that. Okay, what is it? It's from the supporters' point of view. In what way? So a club in France, a club in Spain, a club in Germany, wherever, mm-hmm. not Germany, but mm-hmm. um, you Hypothet- have generations. Go hypothetically, though. Go hypothetically. Hypothetical. Generations and generations of support yep. for one football club in one city. Yep. 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years of support. Sure. Along comes a Premier League team, mm-hmm. bang, you're now a feeder club. And that's your sole purpose is to house players whilst they get their points up for a work permit in the UK. Okay. That's that's my primary uh, pushback on a multi-club model. So various clubs have been around f- for decades and decades and decades. And all that history is put to one side. I, I don't and think And the club history... serves a completely different purpose now. I disagree with you. I disagree with you in on the fact that – and look, I do understand – your points have have merit. However, I disagree with you to the point that all of a sudden a club's history is going to be wiped, irrespective of who owns it. Now, the only way that's wiped is if the owners change the colours, change the crest, change the culture. None of that. If you look at the Manchester City group, there's only one club that they've actually done that with, and that's here in Australia because that club was a basket case to begin with. And it remains as such. Well, it's better. Maybe run not to now. the same extent. No, but it's better run now, right? The whole look, the A League itself, and look, we love the A League, we love the game, but the A League itself has that feel of a franchise system. It has, and we know that, and it's always had that perception, and it's always had a bit of a closed shop feel to it, and it's always had the same players going through it, and you know, and and that's why uh, that's why the owners of the A League, right, the APL need to stop taking football fans for granted, right, and actually connect with the grassroots and actually get alignment between their clubs and the grassroots because these national second division clubs that will will step into that space before they know it. And they may not do necessarily a better job, but they'll actually at least try to connect because all of a sudden it'll be 10 bucks to go to a game, right, and it's a great way to spend a Sunday afternoon in winter compared to – you know, just for the experience rather than I'm going to go sit at Allianz because it's a great stadium. Yes, it is a great stadium, but what is the experience like? We're not talking about the quality of football here. It's immaterial. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, the MPL clubs have been criticised for leaning too much into their communities at times, which yeah, uh, is, well, uh, you I, can I, agree I, with it or not. But In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Mm-hmm. There are some MPL, like current MPL clubs that are detached from their original supporter base or not connecting with what the, you know, where a dem- certain demographic is or, you know, where their local neighbourhood is, right? Um, and it's one club in mind that comes straight into mind, right? It's a historic club. I don't think they do enough. I'm not going to mention their name right now, but I don't think they do enough. <laughs> Call them out, lads. Fire no, shots. Okay. If I, if I, I'll say who they are. They're the gypsies of the, of the uh, MPL and they always have been and they always will be, unfortunately. Until things change, and anyway, I'll just leave it at that because if I keep going on this show, you know, this episode will get ourselves into a lot of hot water. I think mm, mm. some interesting things 
that you're referring to. And but back to just, your point, though, Nathan. With regards, yeah, to back multi, to my point. Yeah, when it comes to Manchester City and Melbourne City, mm. look, we we can turn our nose up at those who are turning their nose up at the A League mm-hmm. and say Euro snobbery is a big problem. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter remains that when there's kids playing football, watching football, most of the time they're going to have a Premier League team before they have an A League team. Generally Correct. speaking. Obviously, there's exceptions, but for the most part, that's true. Correct. Two of the three most supported clubs in the country are Manchester United and Liverpool. But they always have been too. They've always yeah, yeah, been supported. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for those who are growing up in Melbourne, mm. and the vast majority, well, there's going to be a, ma- a large portion of them that go for Liverpool and Manchester United. Mm. I don't see how any of those people who grow up and then support United or Liverpool go and support Melbourne City as well because of that link. And I think that's a real problem for the long-term future of the club. Because of Melbourne City? Yeah. Mm. If you're growing up in Melbourne and you support Manchester United, Mm. in what world are you then going to go and support Melbourne City? None. None. Uh, None whatsoever. Okay, as a child, yes. But okay, as an adult, I think you're mature enough to understand that, hey, this is what the purpose is, right? Um, Yeah, look, you you make a good point because football support is about emotional attachment as well, right? And you will not – it's – I would be interested to see who is a Melbourne City supporter and a Manchester United supporter. If I they think exist. it'd be few and far between. I, I think you're right, but I'm sure they exist somewhere. And not a hangover from Melbourne Heart either. Mm, well, Someone who started going for Melbourne City well, post-takeover. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Exclude a few, a few more people from that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I look, I think the premise around two teams playing against each other for competition in particular, like, and this is where we're saying, okay, well, let's say that Surgeon Ratcliffe, you know, stumps up the money, buys Manchester United, he owns Nice, Nice happen to play Manchester United in the Champions League. I don't have a problem with that because there is no way you could tell me that the players at Nice would not want to get one up on Manchester United and vice versa. So for me, you know, you know, like if you okay, let's okay, right now, let's take this. There is a point in case as well. All right, it's unlikely, but let's take this point in case. Let's say that Olympiakos wins the the Greek League, and Nottingham Forest happened to qualify for the Champions League. Right? I would, you would assume, like yes, the, you don't have the same supporters between Olympiakos and Nottingham Forest. So there goes that argument. Right? They have common ownership. Yes. But there is no way that they that the players that are playing for Olympiakos and the players that are playing for Nottingham Forest would not want to put one on each other. Not physically. We're talking about just on the scoreboard. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. I, I don't I, think there I, are going to be instructions. Okay, guys, we want to lose this game because we want this other team to win. Yeah, we, I, I we don't want see Olympiacos that. To win the, yeah, exactly. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't see it at all. And. Also, I do see some question marks of surrounding ownership as well. We just have to look at the relationship between Udinese and Watford. Oh, well, listen, the chances of Udinese, like Watford in particular. But just on the transfer side of it. Well, okay. So what are the issues? Okay, what are the concerns around the transfer side of it? Because, yes, you might be able to manipulate financial fair play to a degree with regard to transfers. I get it. I understand that. That would be the only thing that I would see would be a pointing case. Yeah, and that's the main one. Yeah, everything else I'm not really fussed about. Now, does the issue exist where, okay, well, a player comes from Udinese on loan to Watford. They're being paid by the same paymaster. 
I'm sure there are, you know, there are legal minds better than mine and yours that would be able to go, okay, well, this is what the actual ramifications are legally and from a financial fair play. Because just because it's financial fair play uh, comes into it doesn't necessarily mean that it's illegal or it's in contravention of competition rules or registration rules or anything of that nature either, right? I mean, financial fair play has its own rules and thresholds that obviously the clubs need to meet. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And the transfer thing is a bit of a, a side point that uh, is aside from the actual issue for mine, which is what I said initially with the mm. multi-club owner model. But Laz, we can talk about this for, for yeah, hours on I, end. Yeah, I know. And just one more point on it. And and that now that you just raised it again, right, with regard to transfers, I guess the solidarity payments with regards to transfers is an issue in the sense that a player under the age of 21 or 23, I can't remember, uh, if a club develops a player under that, uh, uh, you know, and they're transferred by that age, then the developing club would need to obviously would be comp- recompensed, right? Uh, I believe it's five percent of the transfer fee or whatever the case is, right? Would flow to the development club. Now, let's say Melbourne City develop a player, and then Manchester City decides to buy them by the, the age of twenty three or twenty one, right? Well, obviously, there's not going to be a Manchester like Manchester City for all intents and purposes, are not going to pay a transfer fee to Melbourne City. However, I would assume, without having a deep look into it, that there would be a notional market value put on that player. And I suspect that FIFA would need... Let's go to FIFA, right? Let's, let's <laughs> oh, go FIFA. FIFA's getting a mention right? also somewhere else on this show. Tonight. Yes, I know. I, bet. I, was, I knew that was coming, right? That's what oh, I said. Yeah. Let's oh, go yeah. FIFA, right? <laughs> I would assume that FIFA would be clever enough to say, player X has a notional market value of Y. You need to pay your feeder club that much or that, you know, your subsidiary club, whatever term you want to use, right? That amount of money, show us where you've done it. And that's it in order for compliance. And then you get into the issue surrounding uh, Pjanic and Artur, Barcelona and Juventus. Well, that's as, a whole as a, different- As a, as a separate a point. whole different thing altogether. Yeah. But mm. should we move on to FIFA? We shall move on because let's, this is let's this go is going to be an action-packed backpack after hours because there's oh so Lord. much. Are I'll we... tell you what, club football might go on pause for this weekend with the internationals, but the stories don't stop. Are we calling this backpack after hours or the backpack <laughs> up late? Let us know. <laughs> Let us know, yeah. <laughs> this is always part B, though. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, last week was fun. <laughs> last week was fun, and we got a bit of feedback on that, which was really good to hear, actually. Oh, love to hear it. Love to hear it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's dive into uh, this FIFA story. Mm. And there's so there's a couple of FIFA which, stories, actually. Which FIFA story? Yeah. Let's start with Gianni. El Presidente? El Presidente. Four more years. Jeez. Sounds like a US presidential election campaign, yes. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and Gianni running unopposed and has a big, big room of applause it's as just... he... Uh, is this just Sepp Blatter Mark II or Sepp Blatter mm. 2.0? He needs to stop comparing himself to Rwandan genocides. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, today I feel... <laughs> oh, jeez. He doesn't help himself. Apparently he went off about the uh, criticism he received for the Today I Feel press conference. I didn't want to put myself through that, and I don't think anyone else should either. It's bad enough we've got him for another four years. He's got to get himself a better speechwriter. Because the guy he's got to stop believing he's, he's got to stop believing his own bullcrap. That too, that too. 
right? I mean, hey, listen, I'm all for affirmations. I'm all for believing in yourself. I'm all for that. Stop believing your own bullcrap when it comes to the and actually just be genuine instead of today you feel like whatever it is, fill in the blank. Mm. But at least we know Gianni fought tooth and nail and as hard in 2016, garnering support in Rwanda as the uh, as uh, yes, the genocides. So, uh, oh, please mm. spare me, spare mm. me anyway. So, yes, Gianni, we can look forward to El Presidente. And uh, he did, he has got it right with regards to the World Cup, though, and the format of the men's World Cup, the next one. Oh, they have got it right. Anyway, yeah, I know we spoke yeah. about it last week, but they have got we it did, right. We did, we did. Anyway, let's move on. The next FIFA story. It is yes, the, uh, the Club World Cup. I thought you were going to mention the uh, increase in the prize money for the Women's World Cup. Well, we can come on to that too. Oh, but, we uh, just but, mentioned it, and I'm not being yep. disparaging. And it's deservedly so, right? And it should be increased even further. Um, but I know that and- I noticed that Gianni decided to call out the broadcast partners for not paying enough, <laughs> and the commercial partners for not paying enough sponsorship, and every- it's everybody else's fault. Oh. oh, of course. Never mind that the FIFA reserve has never been bigger, and what and will be even bigger coming the next the next four year cycle. Apparently, Ooh, after yeah. we said eleven, you know, twelve billion dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes, let's go to the Club World Cup, the one that Real uh, Madrid uh, currently proudly hosts. Yes, and they've already qualified for this revamped mm-hmm. tournament in twenty twenty five alongside yep. Chelsea, and we're going to see twelve teams from UEFA and. A bunch of teams from the AFC. I don't think we'll see any other sides take part in the Club World Cup, unfortunately. Mm, no, I don't think so. But it, it would depend on how they go in the Asian Champions League, though. Yeah, I think a Western Sydney fairy tale is is beyond unlikely. Do you even think compared it's beyond to that Melbourne run. City? Do you really think? I think Melbourne City could handle you know could handle themselves with uh, some distinction in in the ACL. I don't expect them to go and win it, but I think that they would give it a good run. They, Look, play, when they play a great brand of football. They do. And when it comes around to the group stage time, you'd expect them to top the group. Yeah. But, yeah, to go okay. on to the yeah. semifinals, finals, win the whole thing is it, is a massive ask. It is very hard. There's no doubt, right, because there's a lot of travel involved. And, and look, but, I mean, Western Sydney Wanderers could do it with Popovich. And, no, you know, dis, no disrespect to Tony at all. But, you know, Tony, if you think about it, his coaching career, he hasn't won an A-League. Yeah. No, he hasn't. And he won't win this season either. Well, no, but there are other reasons um, for that too. Yes, yes, there certainly are, and uh, looks like he might be out of a job. Yeah, I don't see him getting the national job very anytime soon either. Unfortunately, nope, nope. Four more years. <laughs> yes, that's right. Four more years for uh, for Arnie as well. Seems to be a theme. Please don't call the episode four more years. <laughs> Anyhow. You read my mind. You read yeah, my mind. Yeah, I know that. I know. And normally, <laughs> I don't intervene. The people, you know, we we you know, we said the open book, right? We don't. I don't normally. I don't come up with the title episodes. You do, but I just <laughs> beg you, do not call this episode four more years. I was so tempted to call last week's episode Chupa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I had to come up with something different. Um, yeah. But what have you made of this Club World Cup, where we have thirty-two teams in twenty twenty-five? 12 UEFA, the last four winners of the Champions League. And is it just the case of FIFA with their long-standing jealousy of the Champions League looking to okay. increase their revenues? If you're FIFA, what do you do when you got the juggernaut of European club football? What do you, I mean, what do you do? Let's, uh, you've got to come up with some kind of innovation. I don't begrudge FIFA for actually doing it. Um, I'd like to see it in practice before I actually make a call on it. Um, I think it'll work, actually. 
I think it'll garner some interest, and they've got the right format. They have the perfect format, mm. and but look, it'll only be a matter of time before that increases to forty-eight no, teams as well. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think they could do that. Only because um, player welfare. I mean, I know that we, you know, it's being disregarded for the twenty twenty-six World Cup in a way. But with a, you would like to think with with a bit of planning and foresight, and look, this does inc- There's an argument for increasing opportunity for player rotation and player lists, right? So, yes, we are going down the road of baseball and, you know, player rotation. It's already happening, though. So why are we just begrudging it? And if there are young athletes that are able, young footballers that have afforded opportunity because of extended games, well, good luck to them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. And I think, in principle, I don't really begrudge an expanded tournament either because... Some nations deserve to play the World Cup, and without expanding the tournament, you would never get there. So, like for instance, in a in a uh, what a twenty four team tournament, the Socceroos would never be at a World Cup. Correct. And yes, you can't just open it up to a hundred teams. Of course, you can't. But I think just the growth in some nations from one World Cup appearance, Mm. you you can see it. There's so many so many examples of that down the years, and expanding it to forty eight teams. Yes, it does make it a bit awkward with the groups and I can dislike the format, whatever the case would be with forty eight teams. Yeah. And for mine sixty four is ideal, but then you get into no. the problem with it, just the vast it, number of games that it will take. Too many. And where do people put their attention to? Look, I think forty is probably the right number. And the reason why I say that is because it's just under twenty percent of the world as far as number of countries. Right? You want that kind of proportion for the quality of the tournament. Now, 48 is a little bit above that. That's fine. The best tournament will give you, like, you know, would be uh, would be 40, I think, to actually have eight groups of five. But, okay, it's not to be. Not to be. Not to be. Um, so, yes, it, it's been a big week for FIFA, big week for Gianni. Mm. And we talked about the news last week about the uh, Moroccan addition to the, mm. to the bid in Europe. Mm-hmm. And we heard about the South American bid as well, but we didn't hear about the the Greek Egypt Saudi bid. You that's gone that. very quiet. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I told you it would. Mm. I told you it would because I think this um, Spain Portugal Morocco the Morocco bid uh, gives it, the addition of Morocco gives it a lot of credibility. And I think it also it. takes away all the African votes, all the Arab world votes. Completely it positions it completely differently. I think they're the favourites. Yeah, I do as well. I, I can't see, I, th- I can't see them losing the bid. I think the addition of Morocco has just changed the dynamic completely, and it's the smartest thing that they could have done. And um, have we come up with a name for it for the bid? <laughs> uh, like you know, Sprummer or you know, Master? PMS? <laughs> no, I'm not calling it that. <laughs> no, I refuse to. Ah, <laughs> uh, just when you have twenty six and. Chupar as the, as a, some other options. <laughs> yeah, just stop that, right? Just let's just come up with a clever name. <laughs> uh, send in your clever names if you can come up with one. Uh, send it into the back peg on Instagram. And uh, Laz, if you get any, we can uh, talk about it next week. Indeed, indeed. Shall we talk about Tottenham? No, Antonio Tot- Conte. Tottenham is shit. We don't have to worry about it. Alrighty. Shall we talk about uh, Julian Nagelsmann? No, no, we can't talk about Antonio Conte. But, you know, I, I look, I had a bit of disappointing start to the week. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. With, with Real going down. The yeah. La, La Liga is over, right? So the only thing that uh, Real Madrid can play for now the Champions, is the Champions League, which they've got a good shout out, which is more than what can be said for Barcelona. That is true. So, that is true. So just take that, Barcelona. <laughs> 
that that that's some uh, copium if ever I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about Tottenham being shit in Antonio Conte. Didn't he go off? Oh my, that, that's Actually, one of the best press conferences you've ever seen. You know what, Nathan? I, I was going to send you a text that's just been so tied up though. Um, I press conferences like that and managers that have had those kind of moments. Right? What's the best explosion as far? Uh, it's not an explosion, but look. We'll take Conte's comments into consideration in a minute, right? But, like, I think of Jose and I think of the respect, like, you know, the three Premier League titles, everyone else combined, and Pep had only won two, mind you. He respect. Was there, respect. Right? <laughs> I, I think of the football editage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think of uh, other ones, like, uh, you know, in the heyday of Guardiola and Mourinho's rivalry between Barcelona, where uh, Guardiola actually lost yeah, I can point to uh, Louis van Gaal creating a dossier for Sam Allardyce mm-hmm. in his press conference. Oh, Sam Allardyce, <laughs> of all people, fuck's sake. Yeah. But, you can take that to Big Sham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there have been some funny press conference moments, like, you know, but I mean, again, involving Jose. The voyeur comment about Wenger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, fact. When I say fact. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, gee, that, yes. That's a, that's that's a that's a rusty file cabinet in the back of the brain. That is. Mm. That's something I've been thought about for a very long time. <laughs> now, I, you know, I'm trying to think of other ones, but yeah, I mean, there have been an abs- oh Kevin Keegan. Yeah, of course. But you know, yeah. God, and God, I love that as a Newcastle United supporter. I loved it at the time. I still do. I, mean, mm. I love Kevin Keegan. Yep, but, I love know, it as well. The fact that we didn't win it, <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> Love it. We beat them. Love that's, it. That's right. But Conte <laughs> probably up there with that. And yeah, uh, we haven't seen an outburst like that. He's right. That's oh, hundred percent, hundred percent right. Right. He's probably going to get the sack, or they're just not going to. You know, they're going to mutually agree to terminate his contract at the at the end of the season. Well, it's um, got to be now, surely. Anyway, well, look, the the contract's going to. But like, just, how can he come he back into there. training? I hope he stays there. How what? can he possibly come back into training? Oh, I hope he stays training and from a Newcastle United, and I didn't mean to talk over there, sorry. But from a Newcastle United perspective, I hope he stays there. Oh, because they're just going to implode now for the rest of exactly the season right. if he stays. Hundred percent. I think they're they're going to implode anyway. Yeah. I th- oh, maybe not. If he goes, it, it depends goes. on who they bring in as a tech as a caretaker who comes in to the end of the season, or hey, if right. Julian Alisman becomes available, that's a shock. Yeah, we'll get onto that in a minute, right? We but, will. I mean, what did you make of it all, Miss Spurs and Conte? Look, yes, Conte's right. Yes, he's right to call out the players. Yes, he's right to call out Daniel Levy and his team. But also, the, he's got to point the finger at himself as well. Mm-hmm. I think if you asked Antonio Conte point blank away from the cameras, mm-hmm. have you done a good job this season? Yep. He won't say yes. Like, if he was to rate his own performance on the sideline this season, he can't give himself anything more than a six. Sure. Okay. It's probably because- been his most challenging season as a manager. I think there's been so many decisions this season where it's his fault and his fault alone. Yes, he's had a tough time. Yes, managing Spurs is a chore in and of itself. But look, Spurs, the football they've been able to dish up this season is horrendous. And the signing of Ivan Perisic has been nothing short of a failure. Mm-hmm. And you can see that. Yep. You can see that from the get-go, really. A 34-year-old sure. winger from Syria. Yes, he's had a great career, but coming to the Premier League, it's an entirely different beast physically. I think the centre backs he's brought into the club have been horrendous. So we've got a World Cup winner there, and you think that's horrendous? 
He he's been the players need to. He look hasn't at been good. No, but the players are a disgrace. I'm sorry, right? I'm not a Spurs supporter, right? The players need to look at themselves. But Christian Romero can't stay on the pitch. He, he loves sure. getting a yellow card. Okay, but the players need to look at themselves though. But that's that's also so in the profile of so the player, does, and, and so does the administration. Christian Romero doesn't turn into but, the style of player he is now Nathan, overnight. But Nathan, so does the administration of the club, of course. Right. And look, Spurs supporters, I get it. They're frustrated because they're saying that Mourinho thought it was a step down. Conte was a step down. I get it. You, Yes, the impression that you have is that these people are doing you a favour. But guess what? They are. They are doing you a favour by coming to your club. Because where have you been for the last 20 seasons? Where have you been yeah, since you the 1980s? Go back longer than that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, where have you been since yeah. the 1980s? Right? The, I reckon... In living memory, my living memory, which is a little bit older than yours, right? A little. A little would be <laughs> the side that uh, the Spurs side that ga- that was skipped by Gary Mabbitt, Paul Gascoigne was a part of, right? Gary Lineker. That team was probably the most entertaining uh, entertaining team Spurs had. Well, okay. There was mm. Klins- I can think of Klinsman and Ginola as well. That side, that era as well is pretty good, right? I think Posh at his peak was pretty good as well. Yeah, but mate, they didn't... Did they win? Yes, anything? they didn't win anything. No, of course they didn't That's win it. anything. Okay, but... at least that, at least those teams actually won something. Yeah, you know, at least those teams actually won something. So and the football under Posh was entertaining, and that's why they sure. brought him back. But yeah, well, you know what? You can have him back, and you won't win anything either. <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't. They, they won't, won't make top four if they get Posh back. No, they won't. Because so, the, 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 the what is it? The the meter has changed for the Premier League now. It has. Poch, has, they won't win. Marin, uh, teams from the mid 2010s. You slot them into this current Premier League, they don't come top four. No chance. No chance. And I can tell you that I think Kane is gone in the summer. I, oh, sneak, yeah. I think he's got to go. If he wants to win something, he's got to go. And if I were him, it would either be Manchester United or Real Madrid because Benzema's only got another year, couple of years there. Jeez, play, I've, you know, mm-hmm. you will win something at Real Madrid. Oh, yeah. I think if Bayern Munich can afford him, they'd have him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think they can throw themselves in the ring as well. But I'm I'm not sure if Harry Kane's one to go abroad. No, I think he's comfortable where he is. But you know what? I reckon get test yourself. What has he got to lose? Mm. Yeah. If, if I mean, people if people in England keep saying he's Europe's best striker, go and prove it. Because mm. you're not going to prove it at Spurs. And I think now is the time for him to move on. He's got the Tottenham all-time scoring record, mm. which he wouldn't have had if he left to City a few seasons, like last mm. summer. Mm. And he's got the England record as of today. Doing it whilst being a Tottenham player is mm. a great achievement. And yeah, I think now he's done pretty much all he can do on an individual level at Tottenham. There's not much left for him to reach for as an individual. Mm. And I don't see Spurs challenging for uh, the Premier League or a European trophy. Um, yeah, I'm going to upset my friend yeah. Nectar already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's all right. It's it's that ship has sailed. That's right. <laughs> uh, but we'll, um, I think we'll move on to the surprise sacking this week. And I think it ties in nicely to our to our last topic. So Nagelsmann by Munich. Oof. Did you see that coming? No. I didn't see that coming in the slightest. I thought end of season maybe. But this is a surprise. And it sounds like uh, Thomas Tuchel will be uh, back in Germany at Bayern. Of all places, yeah. which I never thought I would see manager, to be honest. No, neither. And look, I think Nagelsmann, something must have gone wrong there behind the scenes because the guy's a brilliant manager. Yes, they're not running away with the Bundesliga as his expectation. Mm. 
but the guy's a, a fantastic manager and wherever he goes next will be very interesting. We, we might Premier. talk about it a little bit later, but Premier League. Spurs. It has to be. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's, let, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now, then. <laughs> Premier League and Spurs. But everything that Tottenham fans want Poch back for, Nagelsmann will deliver in spades and then some. Do you see him going to Spurs? I do. I do. Okay. Spurs fans want different things to what Daniel Levy wants. <laughs> That's also true. Okay. So, do you see him going to Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, but... I think he's only headed to the Premier League. So do I. And you just look at the options available. United is not available. Mm-hmm. City, not available. Mm-hmm. Liverpool, not available. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, not available. Not yeah, available. No, not available. Arsenal, not available. Not Yeah, so where else? Newcastle, Newcastle not available. No. Brighton, no. Not available. Even if the Zerbi moved on. I don't think Nagsman would see Brighton as at no. his station. So it would be Spurs. That is the only Spurs is the only option, yeah. I don't see him going to Spurs, though. Madrid next season? Now, that is an interesting call. But then... Because Carlo's going, surely. I think the Godfather's going. Yeah, I think Don Carlo's going. Um, But you know what? All jokes aside, I think uh, Carlo's son, David, uh, might actually have a crack at Madrid. He's the assistant of Carlo. He's been involved in the setup for a long time. He's familiar with the club. I don't like it, but I don't. I can't see Pochettino. I know Pochettino would be pining for that job. I oh. don't see Real Madrid actually giving it to him because of no. the fact of the lack of success. Zidane would get the job again in front of Pochettino. Absolutely, that he would. So Nagelsmann might be a go because he's won something at least. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he can't go to Spurs, huh? That's right. That's why he won't go to Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Spurs fans. <laughs> I'm not. I, I love them. <laughs> Right. I love them, but I'm not sorry. Uh, oh, we love to stick the knife in, don't we? Oh, I'm not sticking any knife in. I'm just, you know, calling it as I see it. And I'm not going to say that I'm sorry. I'm not. A Spurs fan would say, well, Jose I, and Conte won things. I send them love, but that's, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, but hang on. Jose and Conte are winners. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they can't work with, and they weren't able to work with Levy. And, in fact, just go to Levy sacking Mourinho the week of the League Cup final. And that just goes to show you the inside of of uh, Levy. That's oh. just madness. Oh, jeez. Levy gets everything that comes to him. Levy deserves everything that comes to him. For the decisions that he makes, Spurs, they spend the least amount of money out of the big clubs in England. I, they have I a lowest say. wage bill. They sack renowned managers for pulling out miracles in cup finals before a cup final. Did you see all or nothing? Yeah. Do you think that painted Levy in a very good light? I know editing can come into it, what have you, but do you think that actually painted Levy in a good light? I think you would have been hoping for a bit more. What, screen time? No, just in terms of the the, the branding and the image and the optics. For himself? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it actually painted him in a very good light, and he could have used that as an opportunity and should have used that as an opportunity to try and win over some of the Spurs fans that were, you know, on the fence about him. But I think since then the Spurs fans have actually realised that he's just not, yeah, he just doesn't think about the football club enough or the football operation enough, right? And you know, yes, you can have your white cart lane and your alliance with the F one and your alliance with the NFL and all that's well and good. And look, all. Football businesses need to look at that. We and don't forget that. the Beyonce concerts either. <laughs> sure. Beyonce, yeah, lovely. Right? Great. But now you've thrown me with Beyonce. But Well, is Daniel Levy irreplaceable? Oh, my Lord. Look, 
come on. I know it's up late, right? But you've got to start, stop these puns. <laughs> Next thing you're going to call him an angel, right? <laughs> now you got me doing it. Great. Yep. Sake. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, we know that Real Madrid are building their stadium to cater for different events as well. So all these businesses need to facilitate these opportunities. However, what's your primary focus? What's your primary operation? Yeah. And I get the sense with Real Madrid that uh, they're not going to let the football team rot. No. As some some Spurs fans refer to the to their team. Correct. I think that's fair to say that. So the different mentalities. 100%. One's, a, it, one's the yeah. most successful club in Europe and the other is a wannabe club. And I can say that because Newcastle United want to be a, a successful club too. I mean, that's the fact, right? Fucked, as Rafa would say. <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and football heritage. We can go on. It is the history oh, of the Tottenham. Listen, that's right. I'll tell you what, the best manager blow up is Gattuso. So, oh, yes. Have you seen this? You, yeah, yes, YouTube. Yes, right. yes, so, yes, do you know yes. where Gattuso was at that time? He was in Greece, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was managing a club, Offi, in Crete, right? We, uh, in the largest city in Crete. So, Crete's the largest island of Greece. And they were in the. Um, uh, they were in the Super League there, so the first, you know, first division. And my lord, I mean, it, it's the best, right? It's Malaki, a one hundred percent Malaki. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that, uh, you know. And I thought I've got to mention that. Yeah. And oh, sometimes maybe good, now. sometimes maybe shit. That's it. That's the one. Sometimes <laughs> maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. That's it. It is Italian accent. Brilliant, brilliant. Loved it. <laughs> Love it, love it. It's just absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah, it's iconic. And, it is iconic. And the translator, oh, my look, because I, you know, <laughs> right? Because I can obviously understand the Greek that he's trying to, he's just lost, right? He's just like, <laughs> how do I actually get this across? Like, how do I communicate this on Bhakti, right? <laughs> His face is just, yeah. Is, he's either uh, going to lose his job or he's going to lose his job. He's <laughs> gold. There's, there's no way out of that. <laughs> oh, no. I, you know, it's just gold. It's just absolute gold. But uh, when, <laughs> when Gattuso says, but like, yes, it's just brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. That is the best. That, that is, is the best. Great blobs. I mean, the great blobs everywhere, but that is just one of the best because he said it in English as well, right? Oh. Why did he say it in English? Why? Why is, why is an Italian manager mm. managing in Greece mm. giving his press conferences in English? Good good question. Good question. I think he just wanted to, I think it too, so just wanted to get it off his chest. But, you know, I mean, his English is pretty good. Mm. He played at uh, Rangers for how long? His wife is Scottish, right? Um, that's why he ended up playing at uh, Rangers for so long. But yeah, he's um, <laughs> it's just brilliant. <laughs> I just love it. The translator is the best, though. I mean, you know, like for me, because of the fact that yeah. he's just you know trying to translate it into Greek, and it's just but let me tell you what he's really saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Oh, yeah, that is the best of all time. Yeah, yeah. I think Caduso takes a crown. Oh, I don't know. Conte was pretty good. Oh, look, you know, Jose, I'll tell you, look, the Guardiola blow up about Jose was pretty good, if you see the translation on it. Mm, right. Yeah. I mean, when I say it's pretty good, it, it's 
full of emotion, but you could see that the dark arts, the master of the dark arts actually just got to him and he and Pep had enough. But, you know, funnily enough, the uh, rivalry didn't continue when uh, they were both in Manchester. No, it was a little bit disappointing, that. No, I don't think it was this. Ah, uh, look. I think maybe it was, it was just the, the likes of Sky and BT yeah. just completely yeah. built it up to more yeah, than it was ever going to be. Correct. And look, they knew each other beforehand because obviously they worked at Barcelona together and what have you. So, um, but Mourinho obviously had to get that kind of uh, reaction out of, um, you know, and instill that throughout Real Madrid to stop the run of Barcelona at the time. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And uh, maybe we're on for another managerial. See, Mourinho's that good, or was that good, mm. where there's a whole puppet show around Mourinho. And his press conferences. I don't know if you if you know if you are familiar with it. You might be. Go so on. if you special one TV, if you YouTube special one TV, right? Oh, this is a shock to you. Yeah. I, oh no, yeah. This is brilliant. I'm not, I'm not familiar with this. Okay. So special one TV, right? There was a puppet show done, right, on Mourinho, and it's uh, basically uh, a reflection of his time in England. Now this is brilliant. So you know. It was um, done in conjunction with Satanta's. I think they're now defunct Satanta Sports. But, yeah, an Irish comedian was behind it. It was just bloody awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen this before. Okay, so I think – because I've got it up I've got it up in front of me. All right, I'll have to uh, watch Cup. that You're later. you have to watch it, yes. Yeah. 2010 World Cup, obviously, you know, Fabio Capello was the English manager as well, right? So there's a lot of references to that. Wenger was around. It's brilliant. Wow. Can't believe I haven't seen it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> The, uh, Shall we so, move on? Yes, where to? Well, we cut off a little bit on Nagelsmann and Conte, and yeah. uh, we did our little journey bit earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one other thing I picked out this week. Go for it. Oh, there's heaps for... this week. It's been a big news. Oh, there's it's, so yeah, much. It's been huge. I mean, stadium stuff and as well. It's just absolutely nuts, but yeah. We might need a part to see on this one. The uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Papa John's will end their sponsorship of the EFL trophy. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. But it's hilarious. The pizza cup is going to be no more. Yeah, look, it's no a great name for cup. it's a great name for uh, the for Papa a John's trophy. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, one but, million pounds a season. Yeah. It's not even that big of a deal. You reckon we could? Uh... <laughs> well, what would you call? Like, I mean, you know, think. I'm just trying to think of other uh, oddly named stadium and uh, trophies. I can't think of any. I know that. Look, um, we're talking about like. I think. I think I'm right in saying that this Papa John's trophy used to be called the Johnson Paints Trophy at one point. It did. Yeah, it did. And uh, it so was, that would be uh, like the the, the Dulux Paints, you know, Australia Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think we ever got John Stones playing in the John Stones Paint Trophy. <laughs> That's great. Oh, <laughs> no, they're just getting worse, Nathan. Stop. Uh, the timelines are very similar, though. The timelines are very, might have actually it might have actually happened. It probably did, you know. Probably did. Mm, so the yes. Airfield Trophy is after a new sponsor, and uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting to see which way they go. Maybe not, uh, not to be confused with the Airfield Cup, though. True. True. Or the League Cup, as we the Carabao Cup, as we can know it. Maybe they can call it the, the Taco Bell trophy. Mm, oh, possibly, possibly. They can turn the trophy into an actual bell. Probably will be. <laughs> the Guzman E. Gomez. I don't know. Yep. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, yeah, the, the Mad Max Cup. That's it. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, I wanted to ask you about the ongoing events in Sydney tonight. The Socceroos played against Ecuador, Ooh. a 3-1 win. Strong result. Yeah. 
Not a strong crowd. The Geordies set the Geordies uh, scored a goal. Yeah, Grand Qual. Mm. Yeah, off the bench uh, and on the score sheet. What was it? What but, was the crowd? Because it looked okay on TV from what I saw. Uh, but, let me get a number. Hang on. Decent, not like you know, wasn't a sellout. Obviously, it was, but I think it was okay. And it is equitable. There's not a lot of pulling power there. I've got a number. Okay, like I think but, you'd get, I think you'd get like a bigger number if it was Australia, Colombia, or oh yeah, absolutely, or Australia. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was Argentina there's three Premier League players in that Ecuador team. Sure, but. You know, you, you want to rely on a huge uh, on a bigger expat community as well, right? Yeah. To try and bolster the numbers for these. Now, Western Sydney, it was played in the right spot. And it was played at the right stadium. I'll give them that. Was it played in the right city, Laz? Mm, which city would you have played it in? Adelaide. Why Adelaide? Because you got Craig Goodwin, the star of the show, mm. in his in his home city. Well, mm-hmm. in the city in which he plays for. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're going to Melbourne next week. To yep. play the same fixture. Yep. But time and time again, we see Sydney siders don't get out for a um yeah a, an international friendly. You make a good point. And maybe we should go to Adelaide and Perth, right? Um and why not Hobart? Why not? Why not? I mean, they don't really have a I mean, yes, a rectangle of the ground to host. At this point, but you they can work around it, surely. They go to Canberra out. more. Yeah. Look, Canberra's a good point too. Right. So uh, I Look, they could have taken Ecuador to Newcastle, to be honest. They could have, yeah. Right? But I just think that, look, you make a good point. Sydney side is a pretty blasé about friendlies, I think. And I'm linking this back to the Ailey Grand Finals decision. In what way? You take a game to Sydney where it may not be, or won't be Sydney FC, may not be Western Sydney either. It could be Western Sydney. It could be. And if it, it is Western be. Sydney, if it is Western Sydney, it's going to be a success. And that will be the saviour for Danny Townsend and the APL yeah. for this season anyway. But it could very well be Melbourne City, Adelaide. Look, I don't think Football Australia um, would have factored in the APL's decision in any way in looking well, no. this game to Parramatta, right? Because they're obviously two different entities. No, but that's and, not my point. Okay, so what is your point? My point is that we know what Sydney's like. We know right. they don't get out for international friendlies where there's not a whole host Man. of uh, hype surrounding the game. Sure. When you have, if you have a A-League Grand Final in Sydney not involving a Sydney team, I have massive concerns about the crowd, and we got more evidence of that tonight. Let's get to that at, a, at that time. Right now, I think that that was played at the right stadium in the right part of Sydney, right? Because there is a South American... I mean, the South American community at large is spread out through various parts of Sydney, Um I just question if it was the right opponent. That's all. You know, I think yeah. it's a more more of a Colombian or a Uruguayan expat community or, or people of that heritage rather than Ecuador. To be fair, yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Was there anything else that caught your eye this week, Les? Yeah, Nathan, like we said, there were heaps. I saw uh, the that the Adidas kitted women's national teams dropped their away jerseys the other day. Oh, some yeah. of those look so good. Some of them look really good. I don't even I think, Actually, somewhere. I think they all look good. Yeah, they do. I'm not sure about the Spanish one. I wasn't really a fan of the Spanish one. We might post it on our socials. Mm. Um, but I wasn't really a fan of the Spanish one. But all the others, Adidas uh, hit the spot. That Germany kit, oh, that's the best kit I've seen for a while. I think the Argentina kit. Mm, that's really good. That is really good. And the Colombia kit. Yeah, the Japan kit's really nice. I think the Japan one's on point. It's brilliant. The other thing that caught my eye is uh, that um, Greek Football Federation and Nike released their dropped their um, home. They actually dropped uh, three jerseys 
So it's yeah, pretty unusual for a national team to have a third jersey. But uh, the home one or the jersey that's been called, I actually know. Just trying to think. There's so there's a plain blue, a plain white, but the one that I've seen online is absolutely brilliant. Which is uh, we'll try and post that on the socials as well. So it's uh, good to see some national team um, jerseys uh, come out now. I will say, like I don't particularly enjoy seeing them as often as they come out. I think yeah. there should be a longer window for each kit, each mm. iteration. Mm. Man, a World Cup cycle perhaps might be a bit too long, but mm. I, think I don't the, think a national team should have a new kit every season. Well, in Europe, well, the last one was for the World Cup qualifiers. So, yeah. You know, because it's unlikely they'll be worn in a World Cup. So, <laughs> right, or a Euro for that matter, <laughs> right, at this point. So, uh, that's why you have um, some national federations dropping uh, jerseys now. But yeah, that's uh, they're the kind of things that caught my eye this week. Aside from the stadium news and all that kind of stuff, I mean, we could this could be a bumper episode, our longest episode ever because of the stuff that we've spoken about. Oh but, yes, um, yes, but yeah. Uh, I'm, um, I think we've hit the back peg, Nathan. Unless you've got anything that you you uh, would like to. Oh, I've got, I've got about. more. Go, let's go. I, like, I've sort of run out of topics for what caught my eye, but uh, I'm going to ask you, Laz, what are you looking forward to this weekend? International football, Nathan. Mm. That's the answer. Not that. Not that. <laughs> International football. That's all there you is. You mentioned drawing up an old clip. Mm. Uh, I'll, ref- I'll refer to the clip of Harry Redknapp doing a, a studio segment for one of the networks in the UK. And yeah, he but says, you know what? Hang on. Oh, I hate yeah. international football. Yeah, but England's playing against Malta and this guy's got a job where he works the cashier during the week. He's like, what am I watching this for? Can't wait for the Premier League to return. Yeah, I'm sort of in that boat. No. Most English people dislike international football anyway because it normally ends up in, you know, being a heartache for them or, you know, they're bored by it or whatever the case is. They're more passionate about their club than their national team, right? But I think it's great to actually get a break from the uh, the leagues and actually see international football and football that does matter for nations that, you know, are on the up and up, right? So, like, you know, um, England playing Ukraine. I'd be interested to see how Ukraine go against uh, England because they've got a yeah. side. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah. Um, you know, it's – I just don't understand what um, – why the English are so down on It's because they don't win. That's what the problem is. <laughs> I mean, yes, For me, win, yeah. But, you know, like France Netherlands tomorrow morning because they happen to be in the same group as Greece, right? France-Netherlands, that'll be, you know, an interesting clash. It will be, but the thing is they're both going to finish first and second in the qualifying group. They're both going to be at Euro 24. I hope you're wrong. Yeah, because Greece is in the same group. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But for mine, there just isn't enough jeopardy with qualifying. Yeah, sure. And that's only going to get worse as the tournaments have more big teams or have more teams. Did you know that the Australian under-23s are uh, playing at friendly? I did say that. Mm, against Switzerland under twenties, mm. which should be uh, which should be interesting. That's on tomorrow morning, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Yes, five a.m. Mm. So we should be um, wanted to work, keep an eye on. Tell you what, I'm looking forward to this weekend, Lars. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a big weekend in the WSL. Yeah, it is a big weekend in the WSL, but also in the W in the A League Women's as well. We should say. Mm-hmm. Almost been well, old habits die hard with the W League, but no, the A League Women's. It's always going to be the W League. No, we can't call it that. We've got to call it the A-League. In mines. It, I mean, but they don't help themselves either when the only way to tell the difference between whether it's a men's game or a women's game is the sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
I understand. I don't like the name. I don't like the name change. Um, but you don't like a lot of things. You're more the grumble. Yeah, than yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a fair point. That's <laughs> yeah. a fair point. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Bean Sports will actually have some League One on as well. Yeah, they will. They yeah, should cool. do. They all, they usually do showcase some League One, League Two. So if you're I'm lucky, you might get a National League team uh, game. That's what I'm looking forward to. But yeah, WSL. We've got City, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton, yeah. Liverpool. Yeah. And uh, there's a Classico this weekend as well. Yes, there is. Not that it's going to make any. <laughs> 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 Not that it's going to make hey. an or a difference. That Barcelona women's side, my lord. Yep. Hey, it's else. like the reverse for the men's side. Mm. It's um. <laughs> we'll just see if they can win. If they can manage to win the Champions League this year. Yes. In the in the women's. Mm, that is hotly contested. Mm. Oh, there's one more thing. Yes. In Clubland. Yes. On Monday morning. Yes. We have to mention it. It's what the Cali it? Derby. Yes. Oh, shit. We forgot to go to uh, Colombia. And you know what? There's a reason for that. Yeah, because you guys are bottom of the league. Absolutely. <laughs> I've wiped and we're like top. A... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not looking forward to that one. Because <laughs> since we last spoke, America beat Alianza Petrolera. Yes. And they also beat Junior. Yeah. And Deportivo Kelly lost 2-1. And, uh, I mean, look, they've been in every game, but they just can't um, do the business. So from where they could have been ninth or mid-table, Cactus. They'll turn around. Last. Last. Well, one would hope that they would uh, lift their lift themselves up for the derby, but I don't see it happening. Uh, as, as the old cliche goes, form goes out the window. Yes. Yeah, but hey, you know. Ah, this shite. <laughs> I can't wait for the B League to come back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lazy blood. Uh, uh, Seriously, I'm sitting here waiting, waiting, and waiting, and waiting. Although I think they're back next month. Yeah. So after this, um, I think after this international break, they should be back. I recall that it was first week of April. Maybe wrong. Knowing Yala, still no word on why they've had such a long break. Like, yeah, knowing how lucky it'll be the end of April. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've hit the back beat now, Laz. We'll keep the riding with them, you know, but we'll keep following our teams in Vietnam. Indeed. Well. Yep. So, and if, you know, yeah. And maybe next year we'll pick two different obscure leagues. Mm. Mm. Yes. Maybe something so, North American. Yeah. Oh, MLS or. Because uh, oh! the MLS is not obscure. No, no, MLS is not obscure. Neither is uh, Liga MX. No. What? You want to go Canada? Jeez. No. Maybe something Caribbean. Now, now you're going really obscure. That's crazy. Yeah, like Honduran or something like that. Yeah, I'm a bit worried that Jack Warner might actually have some influence in the Caribbean. <laughs> well, more than normal. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, behind behind bars. Oh, was, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Conquer can't bring it do? upon itself. Although That should be the tagline for this show. <laughs> it's come up although, so many times. Although, you know, that well, and Tottenham are shit. <laughs> You know what? I mean, I am. I would look. I would like to uh, have a look at going to the uh, next World Cup, next men's World Cup. I think it'll be a great World Cup. I, I think every man his dog's got the same idea. Yeah, like USA, Mexico, Canada. It'll be a great World Cup. Yeah, so, and after Russia and Qatar. Look, uh, I get it, right? But apparently, uh, guys that went to Russia seem to have a good time. Um, people that aren't, you know, uh, no. But in regard to Qatar. Again, even Qatar, like the experience on the ground apparently was pretty good. Now, questionable choices. We've been through that. We've covered all that. Nobody can question the United States, Mexico, Canada. Not at all. It should be a but great tournament. We need to have a crack at it. 
We do. Australia and New Zealand need to have a crack at it. And I think let's get through the Women's World Cup. Do a great job of it. And um, hopefully we can launch a bit for the 2034 or 2038. Because I know we would do a great job of it. Oh, we certainly would. We always get up for a big tournament. Yeah. And, you know, yes, the other sports would, won't like it at all. But you know what? Get out of yourselves. Well, they're getting their nose out of joint for the Women's World Cup. Yeah. Why? Because Suncorp is uh, being taken over and the, oh. the Queensland NRL sides are not happy. But boo hoo uh, indeed. Boo hoo. You know, so what? So, the, you know, anyway, I'm not going to give them any oxygen <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Right. Tee off, lads. Tee off. No, don't need to. <laughs> don't need to. Um, they just, you know, they just need to pull their heads in because they don't understand how big an event this is, and they don't want mm. to. It's that simple. And probably does some good in the long run. Well, yeah, I would economically hope that, and I infrastructure. Would, well, and... Yes. But I would hope that, and as uh, Adam Peacock uh, raised on the episode that he joined us on, that the funds, the legacy funding, and all that would actually go to football this time and not go to the Commonwealth Games <laughs> or or AFL, Gold Coast AFL, or anything like that. Like, for fuck's sake, seriously. Oh, that $3 billion Gabba rebuild. You just got me to yeah, You just made me see off again. Uh, you're wrong. I've got, got a big stick over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, never mind. Never mind. On that note, Nathan, I bid you a good evening for that, uh, you know, for the uh, this episode of The Back Peg episode but you know part b or up late or whatever you want to call it <laughs> after hours a, or it, yeah it's, it's been a blast it's been yeah a blast. yeah very much so and it's, it's almost saturday morning now getting very close very yeah. close indeed and uh thought something's gonna be helped and we've got to work That's around right. time zones no of course these hey, things look, are these things are great and but it's an absolute, uh, fantastic to mm. chat to laurie whitwell fantastic to chat to yourself thank you very indeed. much for uh being here every week and uh, uh absolutely we pleasure. love we love our chat we yeah absolutely we and we look you know keep the positive feedback coming or any feedback for that matter negative positive you know we're we're glad that people are enjoying it and tell your friends like share subscribe follow us on instagram and twitter and um yeah just thanks for, for you listening and your interaction with us it's great much appreciated and Nathan, thank you for everything that you do. And thanks for getting Laurie. That was really good, actually. All jokes aside, you know, I never thought I would speak about Manchester United so much, but, you know, <laughs> hey, you know. That was right. a good chat. It was, it was. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you uh, got Laurie on and I'm glad you enjoyed it. And it's, it is an important story. It certainly is. And, uh, yes, thank you, Laz. Thank you, listener. Thank you to the Backpackers. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care, all.